Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. All right, welcome along. Welcome back to the channel. Ange Postacoglu gets his first win as Celtic manager. It has finished Celtic 4, FK Jablanek. Two, Lil Abada with the opener, Kaigo Furuhashi with a goal on his debut, James Forrest with the third goal, and Ryan Christie with the clinching goal at the end to turn a not so great win into a two goal cushion going into the game in Celtic Park. Former Celtic player Paddy McCourt is with me on the line as we react to that win in Czechia. Paddy, it wasn't exactly a walkover, but a 4 2 win going into a home fixture in the second leg against. Probably, you know, not great opposition to be fair to them is a pretty good result. Listen, it's a 4 2 victory away from home in Europe. Um, probably could have been more convincing um, on the basis of chances created. Um, lots of positives in attacking sense. I thought Abada and, and Furry Hashi, who you mentioned, both, you know, both looked a real threat. And, well, listen, it, it's far from perfect in terms of performance but you know certainly positive to take moving forward yeah so there was a couple of changes to the starting lineup tonight joe hart got his debut in goals anthony ralston near beaton starfelt and taylor made up the back four sorrow mcgregor turnbull with the three in midfield with abida for hashi playing in the center and james forrest playing on the the left flank so i i think we'll start with for hashi because it was his debut tonight or his um, certainly one of his, his, his debut starting for Celtic and he got a goal and he was playing through the centre instead of Ozan Edward, which is an interesting talk point in itself. What did you make of Furhashi in his central role? I thought he was excellent, Enda. I thought he was excellent in the 65 minutes he played. Um, whether that was you know, shooting defeat with his hold-up play, a couple of nice one-touch passes and spinning, getting in the box. But what I liked about him really was his movement. You know, his ability to mix his game up. Um, when you play with, with one central striker, it's such a bonus that, you know, the, the striker can come length play with the midfielders. But he was also a threat in the shoulder. He was lonely running behind. You can see for his goal, it was uh, a fantastic first touch to take him away from his man and then a very composed and finish. So I think he probably just popped the batter in terms of the you know the biggest positive coming out of the season's performance. Interesting that he comes in for odds and Edward. Edward obviously came on as a sub and you know he didn't really get on the ball much, didn't really create much. Do you think that's probably a change now that's going to be permanent? Has Furhashi done enough to keep odds and Edward out of the team, considering you know it might not be long until Edward's out the door? 
Well, that's a, look, that's a question that you know us as supporters have been asking ourselves a long time. You know, is, is he going? Is he staying? And it's looking likely that he's going to go, but you know, it's a saga that's probably dragged on too long. Um, Kurahashi's came on the night, and, and he's certainly done himself no harm. Um, Edouard has, you know, he has been on the end of criticism from the, the Celtic support recently, so. The manager, you know, knows Kurahashi from his time in Japan, and you know they they spend relatively big money for, you know, for for what Celtic spend presently. So he knew what he was getting, um, and I think tonight the fans will be really happy with what we've seen. And look, let's not get carried away. I don't think it was a, a top class European team we've done it against, but he can only play against who's, who the opposition is. And as I say, what impressed me most tonight was his all round plays. His ability to mix his game up was, was I thought was excellent. And although, you know, he missed a, a, a relatively easy chance just after half time, it was probably the only, you know, blocked on a on a, a really good performance on a personal level. You obviously played alongside Nakamura when he was at the club and uh, there was a fair few foreign players in the team and coming in and out on, on transfers. What what's it like when a player comes in? Like for Hashi because he he doesn't speak English. It's uh, obviously he's he's only been at the club for a couple of weeks now. What's that initial betting in period for the those players like? How how difficult is it for them to settle in and get to know players who, you know, aren't speaking the same language as them? It's difficult, you know. What what, what supporters need to understand sometimes is is you know he's probably at the minute living out of a suitcase in a hotel room. You know he's probably not even got. He's a part sorted yet, or his house. Um, his family's not even made it here. It's a new, it's a new city, it's a new country. Um, he's coming from, you know, Japan, which is a completely different culture, or British culture. So it is difficult. Um, I sort of learned that they reserve judgment with players coming in for at least three or four months. Um, I remember when Victor Wanyama joined the club. I didn't need him at all the first couple of months because he kept getting caught in the ball. He couldn't get up to speed. And, you know, once he grasped it, then it just got better and better and better and turned into a really top-class central midfield player. So there is a period of adaption for, for all players that, that join Celtic. Um, the Irish ones and the Scottish ones and the, and the English ones, you know, they have an advantage that they seem to settle quicker because it's not such a big difference in culture, it's not such a big difference in the speed and, and tempo of training you know? so, no, listen, that lad I, I don't know if he's had the quarantine or, or what his training regime's been for the last two weeks, but you know, he, he was certainly excellent tonight, and, and so was Abada Abada's been there a wee bit longer um, Star felt I thought he'd done okay at times, I don't think he's overly comfortable on the ball um, I assume that's why uh, Ainz is, is playing um, Beaton beside him because he maybe sees Beaton as the one to break a line with a pass or or, or maybe even carry it out from the back. So it was, uh, no, listen, I thought all three, and Joe Hart as well, had a comfortable enough evening, but certainly impressed with the, the two attacking players. There's a good few comments coming in here. We might get to them later on, but do keep them coming. Let us know your thoughts on the game and any questions you have for Paddy. I'll try to put them to them to him at the end of the, the show. You mentioned Abada there. Obviously, he has played more than more games than Ferhashi at the minute, and he scored a couple of goals now, two goals in Europe for him. 
he seems like a really, really good player, a really uh, nifty winger, and finally someone who can put the ball into the box because I think that was a real issue um, over the last year or so at least. But then what impressed me about him was not only does he put the ball in the box, when the ball, when, when Celtic are attacking down the opposite flank, he has exceptional opinion of his runs under the back post. And you seen the night he got his goal and he had another chance that was probably, it was nearly a carbon copy of his goal, but the keeper got down well to save. So for a 19-year-old, he's got real maturity in his game. You know, he, he seems an out-and-out winger. Um, but I have to say, you know, Pasta Coglu and, uh, and the coaching team have to take great credit because if you watch how Celtic attacked tonight, when they got into them deeper wide areas, everything was cut back across the floor. Now, I know Christie scores a header from, from James Forrest's sort of loop ball, but early in the game, everything was cut back across the floor because they recognised Furuhashi's hardly a giant and Abad is not either. So you just see how they, how they played and how they attacked it. That was a theme that the coaches and the manager would have worked on all week about there's no point in throwing high balls under the box and, and the defenders to clear. When we get into them deeper wide areas, everything has to be cut back across the floor. And I thought that's when Celtic looked really, really dangerous when they when they done that. Mm. Just before we finish up on the attack, because I mean Celtic could have been about four 0 up in the first half alone. I know uh, David Turnbull had a, a good chance in the early stages of the game. Uh, Cal McGregor dragged a shot wide. Abada had a couple of chances that he could have scored as well. James Forrest is an interesting one playing on the left. How do you think he dealt with that? And do you think that's something that Celtic can continue with uh, going forward? Well, for me, it's always a real positive seeing James Forrest and a starting team for Celtic. Um, James, as a younger player, was was all about blistering pace on the right hand side and getting the byline and delivering crosses. But you see now as he's mature in his game. He, ha- he can dribble on the inside, it allows the fullback to go on the outside. And again, like Abada, he got his goal from being in the back stick when we were attacking down the opposite flank. So I thought James done fine tonight. I don't think he was excellent by any means, but you know, it's a position even at his older age now in terms of football that the more he plays it, the more he get better at. And you know, I don't know if, if Greg Taylor's going to be the long term answer at fullback, but once. There has that combination, whoever the fullback may be, and James will start seeing that the more they play together, the more normal and the more sort of free flowing them combinations become. Mm. What did you make of the midfield three then? Um, I one thing that I've noticed with David Turnbull, and maybe it's just a little bit lack lacking a little bit sharp sharpness at the early stages of the season, but he he seems to be a little bit slower on the ball, a little bit uh, not. Not so much limited, but I guess he's not willing to take the risk with the pass through the middle where, where Furuhashi is making the runs a little bit. Does he just need a little bit of sharpness? Is that what's going wrong with him? Or is he is he quick enough to play this sort of uh, fast, uh, you know, swishbuckling play under uh, Ange Postacoglu? No, look, you're probably fair in your assessment there. You know, there are certain players in there who take maybe six, seven games you know, after pre-season to get up to speed. David, I don't know him personally, he might be one of those players, but you know, I thought he was very comfortable on the ball. I thought him and Callum had a, a sorrow to good rotation at times. They didn't, they didn't stick to one side and, and David stick to the other. You could see Callum popping up on the right and David would pop up on the left. So I thought the rotation between them two was good. Sorrow 
does the one job is stays behind the ball and make sure he's the protector of the two center halves. So I thought the three in midfield worked quite well. Um, I think as the season goes on, I think you'll see a better David Turnbull. I really do. I think he'll get fitter, he'll get sharper. And in my mind, there's no doubt in his ability. I think his potential will be a really top-class player. What about Sorrow? He gave away a good few fouls there. James McCarthy has come in. Um, did you you would have played with James McCarthy at one point or another for Ireland? Or no, you wouldn't. Sorry, you wouldn't. You played for for Northern Ireland. What about what about what about James McCarthy? Have, do you think he'll be a starter? Do you think Sorrow has his his place in the in the starting team? Or what what do you think is going to happen with that? It's competition. Um, and the guy who we, we spoke about a couple of months ago, Lear Beaton, is probably his best position as well. Um, if he's going to be a Celtic player, I think he has to play that number six role where he dictates the play. Um, he's a superb ability to break a line with a pass. And the way Ange Postacoglu seems to want to play, he wants to play passes that penetrate other midfields and get his attack on players in the ball dangerous areas. I don't think Soros that good at that. Um, I think he's very good at getting the ball back. And I think he's very good at keeping it ticking over and, you know, five, ten yard passes. But he's a young player. He's done quite well. Um, he is a bit rash at times. You know, he gives a lot of foil away. He's, he's had a lot of yellow cards in his short Celtic career. So that's something that he'll have to get better at um, in that position. You know, you, you don't really want to be carrying bookings regularly in games because you only want foil away if you stop a counter-attack or you must aim a challenge. Um, you know, you're, you're, you're in dangerous territory. So, no, James McCarthy coming on as, you know, as a Celtic supporter, he's been a fantastic player in the, in the Premier League for many years. Um, I suppose the question will be, are Celtic going to get the best years out of him? He's 31 coming in, in two or three months' time. Um, but I'm delighted for him. I know he, he's Celtic mad and it's always been his dream. So I know for a fact that he'll get himself in the best possible condition he can. And if if we can get a, a fit James McCarthy, um, then Celtic will have a top player in their hands. It wasn't all rosy on the pitch. You know, a 4-2 win is, is all well and good, but it was against a, a fairly poor opposition and two soft enough goals as well. The first coming from a ball over the top after David Turnbull was uh, brushed off the ball, and then the second coming again from the defensive side. I know, I know we're playing a high line, but I mean the right right back position was absolutely empty when that ball went through. So, defensively, what do Celtic need to work on, or is it just the fact that you know they're not working with a back four that are, are good enough for this standard? Without being overcritical, I'm certainly not one that, that, that would, um, you know, give out about players or, or be negative towards players. I've been there myself. I know it's not an easy business. But I don't look at the Celtic back forward at the minute and think that that's a back forward that's going to challenge for the league or that's a back forward that's going to, you know, progress in Europe. Um, I think it needs work. Um, I think we need at least one, one centre back and, and we certainly need you know competition in the fullback area so the goals tonight were poor again you know you mentioned playing a high line playing a high line when you don't have a lot of pace at the back is a real dangerous game um, Liverpool played obviously and uh, I mean, Virgil van Dijk and Joe Gomez who are, who are like two jets you know they can, they can cover the ground in, in no time 
Um, I don't think Celtic quite have that pace at centre back at the minute. They play a high line, and you know, as you say, that you know Tony Ralston was was caught out for the, the first goal with a straight ball over the top. Two two centre backs see the guy running, don't react with him, and all of a sudden he's running on and Joe Hart, and you know it was an easy enough finish. So, no, look, my honest answer is I don't think that back four is going to be good enough for Celtic to go and challenge for a league title this year. I think it needs work. There's a couple of things I do want to ask you about before we finish up then on the game. You know, Greg Taylor and Anthony Ralston, you can't doubt the fact that they give their everything in, in each game, but it just seems that they're a, limited, a little bit limited for, for what they're trying to do or what Celtic are trying to do. Liam Scales is a player that has been linked quite heavily with Celtic at the minute. You obviously do a lot of work with Derry, who come up against Shamrock Rovers. Is Liam Scale a player that you'd be looking at that can make that leap up to the Scottish League and potentially be a starting player for Celtic? Or do you think he, he'd be coming in as a sort of a, a backup position for, for Starfelt? Or do you think he's good enough for Celtic? He's a very good player. Um, very experienced player for, for only being 22. Uh, played a lot of games in the League of Ireland. Now, again, like we spoke about, there's, there's going to be a period of adoption for Liam if, if he does make the move. Um, would he be ready to step on at left fullback? I don't even know if left fullback's his best position. I, I see him personally more as a left centre back or a left of a back three. Um, he can play left fullback, but I don't, me personally, I don't see that as his best position. So I don't sit here now and say he'd be a like for like swap for Greg Taylor or he'd be coming on as direct competition for Greg Taylor. He could actually be coming on more as a you know cover at left side centre back. So Liam Scales, I think, Potentially is a good enough player for Celtic, but you know, only time will tell. And, and, and look, that's even in the transfer goes to sleep. Yeah, it's a, it's a good while since you made the step from the League of Ireland to the Scottish League. But how, how big a step is that? Uh, it's a huge step if you're going to Glasgow Celtic. You know, if you're making a, no disrespect to the RSPL clubs, but you know, if you're going to an RSPL club, it's, it's probably not a big jump. Um, Getting um, getting acquainted with the surroundings of Celtic is is, is just as, as difficult as it is to actually be on the pitch. It's a huge club. Your life changes overnight. So a lot of that takes time. Um, then you have to try and you know get yourself up to the, the the fitness levels that are needed. And then you have to try and get the team. So it's, it's a difficult period when you make that move to such a big club couple of questions and comments coming in here Davy Boy says that it was a great win attacking was great four goals uh, we got lost two goals that happens especially with a team five weeks into learning a new system I think I would agree with that um, just before we move on and finish up then a couple of signings obviously came in Joe Hart um, Starfeld Hashi. all of them are going to take time to bet in and bet into the system in terms of Joe Hart uh, there's a lot of debate going around about whether he's good enough with his feet to play the role that Ange Postacoglu is going to want him to play. Does his experience in high-level games, high, you know, really high-level teams, does that outweigh his maybe his faults in that he's not the best footballer? And I think we saw a little bit of, um, you know, dodginess is a bit harsh to say that, considering he hasn't played in this team. But a few few scary moments in the first and second half where the ball did go back to him. That's probably a fair comment, but you know, I would probably argue that 
it done quite well these feet at times as well. You know, a few ones went back to him that weren't perfect and he dealt with them well. Um, it seems to be that the manager has set out his stall that he wants to play from the back. He wants to, you know, his keeper to, to, to start the attacks from deep. Um, I don't think Joe Hart is, is known as someone who's exceptionally good with his feet. I think the big reason when Pep Guardiola, you know, took a, the Man City job, I think they moved Joe on because he didn't quite think he was good enough for what he needed. But look, time will tell. I, I thought he'd done okay the night we speak. As you say, there was a couple of dodgy enough moments, but there was also a couple, as I mentioned, that you know weren't perfect and he dealt with well. So, but look, he can't question his pedigree. He's, he's an England international, probably as he got fucked or sixty caps for England. Um, again, he's not had a load of first team football in the last few years, but. Okay. I think that could be a good sign for Celtic. Just then, this this game, you know, I, it's hard to take too much from it because, I mean, Celtic have never really had that much luck away from home in Europe. What was the what was the worst place that you went uh, in terms of uh, an away trip for for Celtic in in Europe? Oof. Probably. Um... Probably the most difficult was when we went and played, I think it was HJK Helsinki away in Finland because it was the one, I think it was the one before they qualified for the Champions League group. And the most difficult games were the ones you expected they won easy because, you know, they're a potential banana skin. We went away there, it was a wee tight, tight stadium, it's a 4G pitch. And, you know, we ended up winning the game, but I remember a real nervousness leading up to it because, you know, the papers and, and all the supporters just thought it was going to be a walk in the park. So, you know, that, that's what we find difficult when you were expected to go away from Europe and, and won because at home the expectancy has always been there. But, you know, over the years, uh, away games in Europe have proved difficult. So when we were when we were going to a, a club that we were expected to beat away in Europe, they were the ones that you were always most nervous about. Mm. Ange Postacoglu has been quite spiky with his dealing with the Scottish press and you sort of mentioned the the pressure of what what they're talking about going into these type of games. Do, do the players talk about that? The What goes on in the Scottish press? What's written in the papers about them? What's written about them online? Do they, do they discuss it? Do they talk about it? Or is that something that's left at the door? Listen, it would depend. It would depend what the what the issue was or what the story was. Um, certainly not about daily press conferences or, or how the manager answers questions or something like that, definitely not. Um, certainly not in my time. Look, times have changed. Um, there's a lot more, obviously, social media now. Players are a lot more social media savvy and, you know, it seems to be a huge part of their lives. But, no, look, when I was there, we, we, we focused on the games. We focused on, you know, trying to, Challenge for titles and listen. If there was a story in the paper that was so out of the ordinary, of course we spoke about it and, and had a chat about it. But no, the players will just be they'll be trying to get to know the manager, you know, as they see him. Because what you see in the media is not who that man is. You know, he'll be a completely different character behind the scenes. The players will see a completely different side of him. And you know, when he's in front of cameras or when he's been asked difficult questions, he'll have a way of answering them. And, Hudson Edward came off the bench as did Ryan Christie. They're two players that are being written about quite a bit at the minute. 
doesn't seem that Edward's going to be at the club for too much longer. And I, I guess the feeling amongst fans, at least, would be that he hasn't been playing well over the last at least couple of months and to the start of the season as well. When a player is out the gap like that or seems to be out, out the door, what's that like for the players who are playing alongside him as teammates? What, what What's the feelings towards him? Do they talk about it? Do they ignore it? Do, is there almost a feeling of spite that he's not given his 100% or what's your thoughts on that? It's a, it's a real difficult question because, you know, when I, when I think back in my own career, and that was a player who had made, say made it clear that he wants to move on and there's interest in all our clubs, I, I can't remember many times where that player is still playing in the team, you know, actually starting games. And so you really knew that the player was on his way out, but it was just now a matter of time with his agent starting out the, the contract or the two clubs agreeing a fee. I've never known someone to go on so long, you know. It seems that, you know, everyone's been talking about Edward leaving for, for maybe a season and a half. It's a very strange one, but look, he's a top player. There's no getting away from that. He's been a top player for Celtic, but it'd be difficult to defend that his form has been, you know, exceptional so far this season. Um, I genuinely don't know what's going on, you know, behind the scenes. I've, I've no inside track. I don't know if... Um, if a move's close or if it's not close. So, but look, it is a saga that I think needs sort of one way or another. Either, you know, says that he's committed for the season or, you know, the club accept whatever offer on the table because um, I suppose a fair comment would, would be to say that, you know, his form is of someone that is a top, top young player, which he is. Mm. Just to finish up then, I mean, it was a 4-2 win. It wasn't perfect, but it, it is a win nonetheless. It's Ans Postacoglu's first win as Celtic manager as well with Dundee coming up this weekend. I mean, Dundee should be a side that Celtic should should beat in the league for sure, and they certainly would fancy themselves. How big is that win going in now that, you know, maybe the pressure's off a little bit? Uh, you know, the pressure's still on to win every game with Celtic regardless, but getting that first win under the belt certainly does ease it a little bit. Yeah, look, the manager and the coaching staff and the players will be delighted to get the one, you know, four goals away from home in Europe and, and probably should have been and could have been um, a lot more. Um, being involved now in this side of the, the fence in, in terms of being a staff member, you will look back at the game and you'll, and you'll try and improve defensively. Um, you will take a lot of positives from the, the attacking play. You'll take a, a lot of positives from the, the new signings. So he'll be really happy. It's a, a sort of monkey off his back. It's his first victory. And I think the team will go on. They don't deny it the weekend with a lot of confidence. Well, let's hope so. Paddy, thanks very much. Okay, Ender, thank you. All right, that's us done here on the YouTube channel for this evening. This will be podcast as well in the Huddle Breakdown feed as well. But if you just watch on YouTube, hit the subscribe button below and you'll get notified every time a video goes live. We'll chat to you next weekend when hopefully Celtic have beaten Dundee. Good luck.
planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.